This is exactly right. And welcome to my favorite murder, the minisode. That's right. We're uh, we're reading your stuff back to you. We're on video. We have makeup on. If you want to go to the fan cult and watch this happen, oh my god, we have makeup caked onto our face. <laughs> it's insane. It's really scary. It's piled. It's piled. piled. I got eyeliner on, which means it's a special occasion. Can I tell you a salon secret that I just used on myself? <laughs> yeah, I finally cracked. The nut of you, I can't ever put eyeliner on the bottom because it immediately starts running down my face, Mm -hmm. which I think is a plus to have greasy eyes overall in the long run, but in the short term, bad. Mm -hmm. I put the eyebrow pencil, Anastasia of Beverly Hills, Mm -hmm. on my lower lash line. That's always the second. You look very sexy right now. Oh, thank you. I always do that. And I'm like, why don't I always do that? And then I don't do it again for years. It's kind of, well, we'll see how badly it runs. But I was, as I was putting on, I was like, this is the amount of color I need. Yeah. It's the dryness I need. Yeah. How about a dry liner? Dry liner. Dry liner. Dry liner. liner. TM. For the greasy eyed people of America. Promo code murder. Uh, Yeah, Um, that's going to be in our makeup line. (laughs) Dry liner. (laughs) Dry liner. (laughs) Rip your skin on your eye. <laughs> is, is your, you have too much moisture. Mm-hmm. That's a real problem these days. You're using too, using too many dewy serums. Oh, are you too dewy and, and 22 years old? You're really young Try. and you've never ruined your skin a couple times? Try dry liner. Dry liner. It gives you the crepey wrinkles <laughs> you want up by the eye. That's right. All right. Should we start this thing? Why not? Um, I have to read off my computer. Unfortunately, because printers fucking suck. Do you need me to go first? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Go. Sure. Why not? No, but t- yeah, let's get that's it. what you want. Let's that's fine. Go ahead. Well, okay. Let's start with this subject line. Armed police, drug dealers, and two kids left home alone. Glasgow edition. Yep. Here we go. Hello from Bonnet, Glasgow. My brother introduced me to your podcast in 2016, and we have been obsessed with you both ever since. We especially love whenever Karen talks about her time in Glasgow and laugh at her accurate description of excessive number of hairdressers and the scantily dressed girls on nights out. Thank you for everything you do and for bringing me comfort during very difficult periods of my life. I now actively make my mental health a priority, and I have you to thank for that. Oh, my God. That's my favorite. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Your honest conversations about your own struggles have made it easier for me to deal with my anxiety and depression over the last few years. Hey. Hey. In all caps. Anyway, (laughs) we love you and can't wait to see you again at another live show sometime soon. Remember that fucking Glasgow live show? Oh, my God. That was epic. It was just. It it was the closest to like a rock show I think we ever got. Yeah. Iron Brew. That thing was fucking nuts. Okay. When I was around 12 years old, I was left home alone with my 10-year-old brother whilst my mom was away on a well-earned spa break. And then in parentheses, it says, single mom, three kids, studying to become a teacher equals no alone time. 
My older brother, Johnny, 17 years old, was in charge of looking after us and decided to go to the shops to get something for dinner. The shop was less than a 10 minute walk away. But of course, as these stories always go, all hell broke loose just five minutes after he left. (laughs) I was minding my own business in my bedroom whilst my younger brother was playing video games next door, shouting about loads of men with guns. I, obviously irritated by him, ignored him, and went back to my computer, leaving him to play his stupid game. He continued to shout on me. (laughs) Is that a Scottish way to say it? He continued to to shout on me. (laughs) I like it. Mm -hmm. Stop shouting on me all the time. He continued to shout on me, and I continued to ignore him until he shouted, all caps, there are men with guns outside. (sighs) I shit you not. When I ran into his room and looked out his window, there was a full team of armed police officers outside of our house. Panicked and scared, I turned off all the lights upstairs and moved us into my mom's bedroom for a better view of the armed officers who were surrounding the house. I ran into my room to get my phone and saw there were police in our back garden with a police helicopter shining right into my bedroom. I ducked down, grabbed my phone, and army crawled back into my mom's bedroom. Army She's girl. immediately taking the uh, the position of the criminal. Yeah. By this point, I was convinced the police were going to break down our door looking for either my older brother who had suspiciously left mm. or my mom again, suspiciously away for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst my brother. So she's everyone's going under the bus. Yeah. On this one. Whilst my brother peered out the window, I began calling any and every adult on my phone for some much needed assistance. My older brother could not believe what he was hearing on the phone as he'd only been gone for 15 minutes. He said he'd be home soon and to stay in mom's bedroom. As we looked out the window, we saw the police move closer to our next door neighbor's house and shouted for everyone to come out with their hands up. My auntie then called me to say she was on her way. I guess Johnny had realized this situation required a real adult and thankfully called for backup. But when she arrived, the police prevented her from coming into our cul-de-sac because the suspects had not left the house, despite her informing them that there were two children home alone in the house next door. Mm -hmm. After a painstakingly long 10 minutes, our neighbors left the house with their hands up and my aunt was allowed to finally come and take us away. Fair to say that upon hearing this story... (laughs) This poor fucking single mother. Oh, my God. Seriously. (laughs) Whose foot just hit the bathtub with with the essential oils. Oh, my God. Fair to say that upon hearing the story, my mom put a pause on going on any more child free breaks for a few years and scolded my brother for leaving us alone. He was trying to get him dinner. Seriously. Turns out that some masked men had stormed into my neighbor's house and dragged him outside with a gun to his head, and his wife managed to call the police, and the armed officers arrived shortly after. I was interviewed by the police and asked to attend a lineup to identify some men I'd seen talking to my neighbor earlier that day. God. Right? Suspicious-looking guys dressed in all black on a very rare hot summer day. However, my mom put a stop to that as our next door neighbors were known drug dealers and you do not want to get on the mm-hmm. wrong side of a Ouija. And then in parentheses, it says Glaswegian drug dealer, especially one that knows where you live. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. For mom real. is smart. She's like snitches get don't get candy. Yeah, no way. We didn't ask any questions and kept to ourselves. So we weren't sure how the investigation panned out. But not long after our neighbors moved away and the whole street Breathed a sigh of relief. Stay sexy and listen to your younger brother sometimes, Taylor. Oh, my God. Yeah. Love a first person uh, SWAT 
like situation yeah. when you're a child alone. And what you can't call the cops because it is the cops. But they're yeah. there. Like you have to be like, oh, this, this, I'm safe. You know what? <laughs> I feel really safe right now. <laughs> I have a next door neighbor one too. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. This is called Undercover Meth Snake. Uh-oh. Yeah. Dear best friends, starts. <laughs> I spent a good part of my childhood in the North Park neighborhood of San Diego. There was an older couple next door whose adult son lived with them. I think his name was Paul, but who remembers anything at 43? <laughs> Paul kept pit bulls in an outdoor chain link run and would often taunt them into fighting each other and biting at the fence. And then all caps, it says animal cruelty, red flag. Yeah. He also had a girlfriend and a series of friends coming in and out at all hours, including one big tattooed dude who always wore some kind of giant snake. And then it says real and alive around <laughs> his shoulders like a scarf. Mm-mm. I was too chicken to be a murderino at the time, but as a lifelong looky-loo, I spent many happy and a little scary hours spying on them all through the mini blinds in my bedroom. <laughs> How entertaining, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kid? way better than TV. Absolutely. Real. One night we were awakened by agitated pounding on the door, followed by men's voices yelling, get out now. There's a bomb next door. It was the police clearing out the surrounding houses because, surprise, some shady shit had been going on in that house and it all had come to a head. A thrilling turn for a nine-year-old. We got to walk a few blocks to our friend's house in the middle of the night and have an impromptu sleepover. Blair. Very cool. Yep. Yeah, the best. Uh-huh. The next day we found out exactly what had happened. Paul and his girlfriend had been running a meth lab in the attic. <laughs> Of his poor parents' house and terrorizing them into keeping quiet about it. There had indeed been a pipe bomb in the house, ostensibly put there by a disgruntled buyer or rival. And then it says, I'm making that up. They didn't tell us why. (laughs) (laughs) The bomb squad had to come in and send dudes in the full suit to deactivate the bomb. The best part of the story is that it turns out that the snake scarf dude was an undercover cop. (laughs) Hey, Larry, you know what would make you look really cool and badass? <laughs> Never suspect a thing. Snake scarf. Snake scarf. Um, da, 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 da. Snake scarf dude was an undercover cop and had infiltrated the operation in order to bust it from the inside. Paul went to jail and we built a very tall fence between their house and ours. I wish I could tell you what happened to those dogs, but I hope they were sent to a happier home. I love your podcast and it makes me wish I had my own. <laughs> And I also and also to quote Georgia, and I'd like to say this is not my quote at all. I did not make this up. If your brain can't make its own chemicals, store-bought is fine. I, I read that on the internet. Um, yeah. to any, And I said it to any friends who may be feeling iffy about medicating. Love you both to pieces. Stay sexy. And don't discount the guy wearing a snake, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, that was like a... A, wait, what area was it? Did, um, was it San, San Diego? Diego? Yeah. That's very San Diego to have like secret meth lab yeah. undercover cop. San Diego's so weird because there's like really high end areas and then there's really not those in other areas. Because the desert is so nearby and oh, we all know that bad things happen in the desert. They fucking do. The subject line of this email is this is your reminder to be nice to the garbage man. Good morning, evening, or night to two of my most unknowingly loyal friends. 
I want to start by thanking you both. I found you guys after a breakup that made me lose a lot of my reasons for living. And I want you to know that you guys and Elvis saved me. Mm. And I have been listening ritualistically every week for the past five years now. Wow. Mm. Thank you for your allyship with the trans community. I cannot explain how many tears were shed when you donated to both trans lives and to Texas, where I live back to back, almost like you knew of my existence. And something about that really brought me peace. Thank you. Mm. That's so nice. Now for the real reason I'm reaching out. (laughs) My dad was a garbage man and was one of for the entire time he was in my life up until he passed away when I was four. Mm. I don't have many memories of him, but throughout the years, my mom has dropped some quote, are you messing with me right now? How did you manage to let me live my life without knowing that stories Mm -hmm. about my dad? Like how he smuggled immigrants across the border in his two-seater Jeep back in the 90s. Wow. Or, <laughs> that's amazing. Or how one of the main suspects in a murder worked for him. But there was one story my mom dropped on me that just sat with me different. And here it is. When my mom and dad had gotten married, they were living in a small place in Dallas. And my dad was running on a crazy work schedule that had him up and out of the house by three every morning mm. to go start his garbage routes. Well, on this random ass Tuesday, my dad was driving along the highway, not a soul in sight other than a singular car far ahead of him in the distance. All of a sudden, out of the darkness of the early morning, he watched that one car as it ran straight into the center median. <gasps> Oof. My dad immediately called 911, though as he approached closer to the accident, he knew if he simply chose to drive away, not helping these people and chalk it up to hope that there was a higher chance of them dying than getting help there in time to save them. Mm. So my dad pulled up next to the accident, still not another soul in sight. He hopped out of the garbage truck, went around to the driver's side where he found a young couple sitting in the car. The guy was conscious and he was clearly hysterical. Dad cut his seatbelt and pulled him out, immediately smelling gas. He then rushed around to the other side where he saw the unconscious girl sitting. He cut her seatbelt and with zero hesitation, yanked her out of that car just about two or three seconds before the car (gasps) caught fire and went up in flames. Oh, my God. I don't know if they shared any uh, remarks with one another other than a profuse thank you, but I don't think my dad needed that. He went home and only told my mom the next day when the story appeared in the newspaper, simply mentioning, quote, an unknown garbage man that saved the day. I don't think my dad realized in that moment that he had just saved the lives of two people. And I think that's the reason this story was so impactful for me. He was a hero and he didn't even mean to be. Mm -hmm. I know the story is a bit long, but I do feel like it's a story worth reading about a man that deserves to be known. So if you have ended up reading this, please stay sexy and always remember to be kind to the garbage men. They might end up being the one that saved your life one day. A massively inspired fan from Texas is how they sign it. God. I mean, that email has everything. Everything. <laughs> I was, we always talk, we've talked about this before, but like sanitation workers must have the craziest stories. Oh, yes. Cause it's, uh, it's in the middle of the night job. Right. Or early, early morning when mm-hmm. weird things happen and no one's around. No one's ever probably around no. when they're working. And the shit people throw away has to be like mind boggling. And real, if you were even slightly interested in, you know, all things macabre as we are, mm-hmm. you, I, every single, I would be obsessed. Yeah. Yes. There's, there's, I read a story recently. It's, I think it's in another country, but some sanitation workers, every time books would be thrown away, they take them out and they started a library of oh. like tossed out books. 
How amazing is that? I love it. It's beautiful. Uh, this one's long as well. Uh, from celebrated student to wanted fugitive. Ooh. Dear lovely humans and pets of MFM. This email has it all. Oh, my God. <laughs> if by all you mean a bank robbery, murder, women breaking the crime glass ceiling and an extremely loose personal connection to the story. <laughs> yeah, that's what we mean every that, time. That's all. My mom attended her freshman year of college at Brandeis University. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Located just outside of Boston in 1969. During this year, she attended an event welcoming incoming freshmen where she recalls an older student gave a speech. Typically, seeing a stranger give a speech like this might not be very memorable, but around a year later, my mom would go on to recognize this student on the news as she was added to the FBI's 10 most wanted fugitives list. Wow. Wow. Right turn. Catherine Ann Power essentially began her radical trajectory as a college student attending protests against the Vietnam War and ultimately becoming part of a plot to overthrow the federal government. Power, along with her college roommate Susan Edith Sachs, were part of a group who robbed a National Guard armory in Boston on September 20th, 1970, where they stole 400 rounds of ammunition and weapons before setting fire to the building. What? Wait, yeah. you're going to rob like the basically the army? That's yeah. how's that your plan? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Three days later, on September 23rd, the group robbed a bank and left with 26 grand. And then they wrote, according to Google, roughly 186,000 today. Thank you for doing nice. the math. Mm-hmm. And shot the first policeman who came on the scene. Officer Walter Schroeder, who ultimately died from his injuries. My mom recalls that the president of Brandeis University expressed his guilt and condolences that students had been involved in the crime and offered free tuition to the children of the fallen officer. Whoa. I know. The other members of the group, including the one who pulled the trigger, were captured swiftly, but both Power and Sachs went on the lam and then earned their status on the FBI's 10 most wanted fugitives list. Power was ultimately taken off the list by the FBI in 1984 due to a lack of new information regarding her whereabouts until she surrendered herself in 1993. Shit. Yeah. Here's a final fun fact. Power and Sachs are two of the only 10 women who have ever appeared on this list, and they are two out of three women on the list who attended Brandeis University. Oh, shit. (laughs) And says Angela Davis attended Brandeis as well. I'm not trying to suggest and my cousin Jill. Right. <laughs> Very talented. I'm not trying to suggest anything about Brandeis University and its potential for shaping the minds of future fugitives, <laughs> but I just love a good piece of trivia. <laughs> Stay sexy and be wary of those who give speeches to incoming freshmen, Kanan, <laughs> she, her. That is really hilarious. I would love for some data crunching specialist to be able to drill down and tell us why Brandeis. The, gradu- the female graduates of Brandeis feel the need to break the law and go on the lam. <laughs> Maybe it's really an empowering place for women. You know, I mean, uh, uh, it probably is. I know that it's um like there's at least my cousin went there and studied like drama and the arts and wow. stuff and there, like a lot of movement classes. And mm. she'd come back and, and be like, uncle Jim, she said something about, I couldn't do my movement class. Cause I had my period. My dad's like, Oh Jesus. And she's like, listen up, uncle Jim. <laughs> she uncle was like Jim. a total like drama student. I loved my cousin, Jill. She oh was a God. legend. 
She was a legend. Amazing. So, you know, I could see her doing that. Just being like, look, this isn't right. We got to do something. Yeah. We got to rob the armory. <laughs> we got to rob the thing that's built like a jail for bullets. The word armory <laughs> like is so like, don't do it. The people looking out for you, the burglar, have all of the bullets. Right. right. Don't do that. Right. Okay. Okay. Then we're going to rob a gun and knife festival. <laughs> Okay. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, made-in cookware. Made-in was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made-in. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. 
Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. This last one just made me laugh. (laughs) This, uh... (laughs) Because <laughs> it starts, hello, and then in parentheses, in the voice of Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh! <laughs> and it also actually is written in the voice of Ms. Doubtfire. <laughs> MS. Wow. <laughs> Ms. Ms. Doubtfire is Mrs. Doubtfire's older sister. That's right. Who worked at a magazine. Big, big fan, and I'm obsessed with the minisodes. I listen to them with my mom while we puzzle. Oh. Oh. Maybe you need our puzzle of the map of the United States. We have a puzzle. With murders on it. This story comes to you from my nannies, and then in parentheses, mom's mom's wake. My nanny sadly died of cancer when I was in grade eight. The whole funeral to me is a blur besides this one moment. For backstory, my nanny had four other brothers and sisters, and their mom, my great grandma, had 12 other siblings. So I have a huge ass family. Everyone was crammed in my grandpa's house. The night was winding down. I was chilling with my brother and cousins. We were all exhausted. When I heard my aunt yell, and this is in all caps, someone stole my shoes. <laughs> now, my aunt loved her alcohol. <laughs> that is such a drunk person thing to yell. That is so, classic. Do it someone again. Stole, someone stole my shoes. <laughs> The thing you should go immediately to someone stole my thing stole. that I can't yeah. find because I'm shit faced. I'm shit faced. That means I've been robbed. That's right. That's the only possibility. Yeah. Now, my aunt loved her alcohol. At our family reunion a few years later, she thought I was a nun since I had a blanket wrapped around my shoulder. <laughs> it, it was desk, by the way. <laughs> Are you a nun? <laughs> hey. Uh, Hello, sister. Welcome to our family party. <laughs> Are you seven? It's me. <laughs> Aunt Carol, it's me. We all knew she drank a lot that day. Her sister-in-law had died. We all indulged her claims by searching all the many shoes that were at the front door. And then this is in parentheses and all caps. And yes, as Canadians, we take off our shoes. Not like how you Americans wear them indoors. No, I do not fucking do that. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's how the plague is spread. Georgia 1000% is Canadian based in her shoe wearing, <laughs> lack of shoe wearing That's in the right. house. That's right. It's very important to her. I never even thought about it before she told me about it. Really? And I swear to God. How gross is it? Someone spits, they have the plague. You step in it, you bring it in the house. There. You play. You eat a little bit of it. Now you're immune to the plague because that's oh, how germs work. That's exactly <laughs> how plagues work. That worked a lot better before COVID started, by the way, when I would say I know. That. My now, argument falls apart because of the pandemic. That's right. Okay. So we looked and looked, but they were nowhere to be found. We then found this pair of black shoes that looked similar to hers. We said they must be hers. She proceeded to yell, These are my shoes, but I, hey, I'll take them. They're nicer than mine. 
At this point, everyone was laughing and we all were convinced that the the shoes were hers, but that she was too drunk to realize. Mm. She then claimed that someone stole her coat. She then proceeded to pull out a bottle opener from her pocket and said, never mind. (laughs) Oh, my God. What is happening? <laughs> Look, there's a it's a funeral. People get sure. sad. They over drink and under eat right. every time. Right. And then stuff like this happens near the end. It turns out my great grandma ended up stealing her shoes <gasps> and had taken them home earlier. <laughs> Just earlier to fuck with her? Day. I think I don't know if it was accidentally or yeah. they don't they don't say we all owed my aunt an apology. And at the next family Christmas party, everyone put labels on their <laughs> shoes. <laughs> you ladies rock. I hope you enjoyed this hilarious family story. My great grandma just turned 95 wow. and is kicking ass and no longer stealing shoes. Stay sexy and don't steal shoes at a funeral. Jenna. Oh, my God. That was classic. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Really beautiful. Just well, a snippet of family life. Well, guess what? I have a fucking funeral story, too. What? I know. Yes. Alejandra, who does our uh, now is our, in charge of gathering our hometowns, must be doing it on purpose, but maybe not. It's a lot well, of I'm, But I was also pulling from our last packet. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is just random. This is psychic behavior. That's right. This is called clowns and funerals. Oh. Greetings and salutations, one and all. (laughs) I grew up in the 90s, best time to be alive, and my parents had unusual jobs. My dad, after many years of working the overnight postal service, finally had his dream profession of being a magician and a clown. (laughs) I love that. Follow your dreams, kids. (laughs) The kids from Modern Family writing it. (laughs) That's right. My mom did the same, and they had their own entertainment business. Oh, I know. I remember having the best childhood and was the most popular kid in elementary school because of my parents. (laughs) Hell yeah. But that that changes in junior high when you have clown parents. (laughs) Clown parents. This one particular story is about my mom. One time she had a gig and was dressed head to toe in her clown attire. She couldn't figure out the location back when directions had to be printed. Mm -hmm. It's a map quest. And figured she would stop for directions. She passed a church and decided to stop to ask them, thinking it would be the safest place to stop. Then it says low risk of murder or mugging. She was in her clown gear, so that would be (laughs) fucked up to mug a clown. (laughs) That would be really fucked up. And then they pull out their money, but it's all tied together (laughs) and it's like a one big scarf. She goes into the church and lo and behold, she walks in on, you guessed it, a fucking funeral. Oh, in full clown gear. My mom profusely apologized. (laughs) The woman whose husband had died laughed and said this would be exactly what he wanted. They were nice enough to send my mom off with directions. And although mortified, she was able to find her way. She walked in on a fucking (laughs) funeral in full clown. Just burst through the door. Also, because, you know, there's. Uh, at least in Catholic churches, there's a couple different ways you can go in, but there is a door that's always on the side where you literally can walk into the front of the church. Oh my God. So like she's on stage, like she's about to perform. (laughs) Oh my God. But how sweet is that? That it's like, he would have loved it. And I bet they talk about it still like Um, entirely. It it must've been like, that was fate or that was him with his final joke. 
Because the real proof is is in the the widow actually laughing. Totally. Because that you no one would just fake that for you no. on the day of their loved one's death. I don't think she. Uh, I'm really happy for all of them. Uh, <laughs> too. Stay sexy and think twice before stopping at a church to get directions in full clown gear. <laughs> P.S. My fucking array is going to therapy and getting help for my OCD. This is a mental health issue that I had no idea about until I was 30 fucking years old. Mm. I am happy to finally know what's going on to my brain and I'm not crazy and I don't have to feel shame. Also, I did lock the door. Or did I? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, thanks for all you do to advocate for mental health. Shout out to my friend Pookie for introducing me to this podcast. Pookie. Pookie. Love Sarah. Oh, shit. That was a great one. It was. That was a real... That was a real pick me up for the end. That whole this whole episode was pretty fucking. <laughs> it was pretty solid gold. It was solid gold. Dancer. <laughs> and and then Pookie made made an appearance. So Pookie. God bless America. It's always right? a positive thing when Pookie comes around. You cannot beat it. Well, thank you all for sending in your stories to us. If yep. you have one, please send it to my favorite murder at gmail dot com. That's right. Do that. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, and also stay sec and see. I forgot my line. (laughs) That was perfect. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Our producer is Alejandra Keck. This episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris. Our researchers are Jay Elias and Haley Gray. Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. Listen, subscribe, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. Goodbye.